Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You're listening to the Dana and Parks podcast on KMBZ. All right. We are going to do something good today. Uh, Normally at this time, every Friday at 5, we do a little Festivus Friday. You get it off your chest. You grieve. Uh, We're not doing that today. Uh, We're Kansas City strong today, and we are going to celebrate the good things that occur in your life and in this city. And we are joined in studio by a longtime friend of the program, but somebody I've never met in person. Mm. Talked to him on the phone a lot. Uh, Pastor Adam Adam Hamilton with the Church of the Resurrection. It's good to see you in person, sir. Hey, it's great to be with you in person today. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Dana. So I, I just tweeted out that you are here um, and that I believe you to be Kansas City's calming voice of reason and hope. Oh, thank you. And people are looking for those things right now. Sure. And a good friend of mine last night said, you know what you need to do. You need to reach out to Adam. And I go, oh, my gosh, you're absolutely right. A mutual mm-hmm. friend of ours. Um, and so I just want you to kind of have the floor for a little while and talk a little bit how we collectively move forward sure. through this trauma, through the grief. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's hard. And the closer you are to it, the so people who are a little further away and maybe not as, as sensitive in their heart, they're going to move past, past it pretty quickly. The people who have a deep heart like you do, you know, it's harder to do that. And especially if you were nearby, and I worry particularly about children who were at the event. So uh, we were down there at the parade, but my granddaughter was not there. But if you have a little one there to try to explain this and help them understand and to to realize the world isn't as dangerous as it feels at this moment, that's what I worry about for kids is you begin to think, and and really for many adults, after a trauma, you begin to think the world is really dangerous. And I'm not going to, so you heard this right afterwards. I'm not going to go to any, if the Chiefs win again, I'll never go to another Super Bowl parade again. I'll never go to St. Patrick's Day or whatever. And, uh, and you know, the mayor was asked, are we still going to do big events? And, and the answer was, yes, we're going to still do big events. And so, so part of that is helping people go, this is an unusual thing. This is not, you know, the world is not as dangerous as this. And it takes a while for us to remember that, right? But I was uh, trying today with our congregation to say, you know, what's the likelihood of something like this happening to us? And, you know, you're almost three times more likely to die in a car accident any given year than you are to having people, you know, shoot you and, and dying from a homicide. So this is a rare thing. That doesn't take away from the horrible thing that happened. It's just like, as you start working through this, like, I can be out in public. I can go to downtown Kansas City. I don't have to be afraid of being there. And I think that's one of the pieces that are helpful for kids. But also, sometimes for children in particular, and our counselor at the church mentioned this to me as well, and, and one of our, several of our counselors, we watch this story over and over and over again. We watch it on social media. We watch it on the news every night. 
sometimes for young people, they don't need to watch it that many times. They need to be able to set that aside, talk about their feelings, and then to be able to... Even for adults, turn adults it off. Too. I went yeah. home last night and I said, I, I can't watch the images and I'm in this business. Right, right. Uh, Pastor, thank you for joining us today. Yeah. Uh, and before we get to some calls, because I, I, I want the people to get their, their gratitude out. Uh, a couple of things very quickly. Number one, your sports coat is exquisite, and <laughs> if you're willing to sell it, I'm I'm buying. Um, I really like your your outfit here yeah. too. Oh yeah, it's something. Yeah, right, <laughs> look like a Serbian mob boss. Um, first, c- can we get your gratitude? And then secondly, and I'm sure you hear this not not just this week, but all the time as as a religious leader. Why do bad things happen to good people? Yeah, and why does God allow it? Okay, so I definitely want to talk about that. Uh, when it comes to gratitude, right at this moment, <clears throat> I'm grateful my granddaughter is spending the night tonight, and we're getting ready. As soon as I leave your program, we're going to get to hang out. And if you have grandkids, anytime you get to spend time with your grandkids is like magic. Yeah. It's it's somehow everything else good is better you. when you're you. with them. Uh, when it comes to bad things happening, good happening to good people. So, and why does God allow it? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, first of all, just to be clear, there are people who believe that everything happens happens for a reason, as though God has some purpose or plan for this. The Bible's really clear: we're not to kill people. We're not to commit violence against people. So, so I don't see in any way that this is God's will. This is what human beings did, and we'll talk. We'll talk more about yes. that later and on. And thank you, because I hate it when people say that. Me too. Me too. I try to tell people, please absolve. Just erase that from your memory banks. You know, or you know, it must be the will of God. Everything happens for a reason. God's got a plan. The Bible's just really clear. There's a whole lot of stuff that happens that isn't God's will. And I, this weekend, I'm preaching about you know sin and brokenness in our lives, and it's just clear we're not supposed to do certain things so we have a we have freedom though to make decisions all kinds of decisions any of us can go and we can act violently towards other people we can drink and drive we can carry guns with us you know we can not help people who are in need we are always making choices and so if you go to the, if from a biblical perspective you go to Genesis chapter 2 and you find that God gives human beings dominion actually it's chapter 1 gives them dominion or rule over the earth so we have authority. We, would, we wouldn't want it any other way. You don't want to be a robot or an animaton that just has to do whatever God says. We make choices, and sometimes we make terrible choices. And sometimes when we make terrible choices and other people join us, it has huge consequences on the world. So at least from a, my particular faith vantage point, this is both not God's will, and, and at the same time, I wish that God was in the business of putting bubbles around us and something bad happens and God suspends the laws of physics and nature in order to protect us. That also isn't what happens. Because you were also on a trip recently with how many people, Pastor, when the violence erupted in That's right. the Hamas attack. You, yeah. you were, I mean... We were, yeah, we were uh, just a couple of hours off the coast. Uh, there was about 400 people with us as we were going to the Holy Land. These were a lot of folks who dreamt their whole lives of going. And these weren't from resurrection somewhere, but most were from across the country. And uh, and then the attack happened on October 7th, and the ship stopped in the middle of the... Before anybody even knew the news, stopped and... And we realize human beings make decisions. We all make decisions. And you get a group of people together, and they make sometimes terrible decisions, and it has huge consequences. So in my way of thinking, and for me, this started when I was in college, and I had two good friends who were electrocuted and trying to wrestle with, okay, I was, they were working for a roofing company, and they were delivering shingles to the, to the job site. Our members have heard this story before. And I used to work with them for one of the roofing companies here in Kansas City. And um, they were delivering the shingles, and they were Danny was running the hydraulic levers on the on the boom truck, lifted up the boom to put it on the rooftop, and then they were going to toss the shingles up there, and they were conveyed to the roof. And he didn't see the power lines overhead. Mm. And uh, and then 
And then his brother, so he was thrown off and killed instantly. His brother went to do CPR and saw three of the roofers stuck to the truck. And as he saw them, he went to try to you know, get them free. And he took something on a board or something. He knocked them loose. And all the electricity from their bodies came into his body. And he was killed. Oh. So I came back for a double funeral of my, the best man of my wedding, my best friend, other than my wife, and our youth pastor, his older brother. And I spent about eight months thinking, because I, I was hearing people at the funeral, like, well, this is the will of God. It must have been the will of God. Maybe they were sinning and there was some, it was a punishment. Or maybe right. there was some, you know, maybe God needed another angel in heaven. God doesn't need any more angels in heaven. Like he, you know, I began thinking, maybe he, somebody said, oh, he loved them so much. He wanted them in heaven. I'm like, I don't want God to love me that much, I guess. <laughs> right. If God, if God electrocutes the people he loves, that just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm so glad you're talking about this. I had a friend who lost a child. And she said, do not ever go up to somebody and say this is the way things are supposed to be. That's exactly right. It's the worst thing you can say to someone who's lost someone close to them. That's exactly right. And so taking the time to think about what theologians call the doctrine of providence, how does God actually interact in the world? And the issue of theodicy, which is how do we reconcile God and goodness? And uh, so I'm spending months wrestling with this while I'm in college because I'm thinking I'm studying to be a pastor. And I'm thinking, "I I don't even like God right now. If this is what God does is he electrocutes people? There's no way I'm going to be a pastor. And it took, it took some time to figure out, you know, reading and studying theology and going, wait a minute. The whole Bible's filled with stories of people doing terrible things, and it wasn't God's will. And then, yeah. and then God picking up the pieces. Where were you, Pastor, when this happened? I was in college. I was at uh, Oral Roberts University in Tulsa. My friends were here in Kansas City. And then where were you during the parade? Oh, during the parade. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Yeah, uh, during the parade, we were at Resurrection Downtown. Okay. So at 18, 17th and Grand, 16th and Grand. And, uh, and the parade had already passed, and then, and then I stayed around for some meetings then took off after that. So I was driving past it when all this was going on. We're here for gratitude, so let's get a couple of people in yeah. uh, real quick just to hear what they're grateful for. Tim in Lenexa. Tim, good afternoon. Hello. Hey, good afternoon, you guys. Reverend, thank you so much for your perspective on things and that God doesn't condone evil. But my gratitude, my gra- I am so grateful for Dana Parks and Scott, I'm Dana P- Parks and Sam. For this, I've been a longtime listener, very few caller, but what you guys have been able to provide this city in the last couple of days with your calmness, your reasonness, your humanness, your honesty and love. I thank you always for showing us on every day, whether it's a terrible day or a good day, for showing us that while life on life's terms may not be perfect, you help us all deal with it as it is. And we have some damn good fun doing it, too. And I am convinced, as I think the Reverend would agree with me, that you guys were just where you were supposed to be on Wednesday. And I'm so grateful to have you there and to have you as a part of our community and as a part of our lives. Thanks so much. Tim, thank you for the call. Thank you very much. Very humbling and very beautiful, and and thank you. We we would not be anywhere else. I I wish we were here under better circumstances, but I know I speak for Scott and Sam that there's nowhere else we would be. Quick break. We'll get to more of your gratitudes in just a moment. Pastor Adam Hamilton with the Church of the Resurrection in Leewood. Sam Stevie, Dana Wright. Here on KMBZ.
Uh, what an honor and a privilege on the Dana and Parks program. We've had him on many times, but never in studio. And we are honored to welcome Pastor Adam Hamilton with the Church of the Resurrection onto the Dana and Parks program. And we will continue our conversation as as this city recovers. Yeah. Doesn't reel. It recovers from a trauma that was placed upon it. And I, I said this yesterday and I said it Wednesday on the show. And I believe it. We'll get back to your calls here in just a moment. We'll continue the conversation with Pastor Hamilton. Uh, evil descended on this city on Wednesday. But good will rise from it. To the first responders, to the teachers, yeah. to the helpers, um, to the Chiefs players who shielded children. Uh, yeah. Pastor, you've yeah. heard the stories of, of yeah. the just the beautiful you know, necessity that came out of such an awful thing. Um, I, let me ask about justice because, man, this town wants it. Yeah, And it's okay to be angry, unless you disagree with me, because, no. man, I am angry. No, it's okay to be angry. That's a right response when something like this happens, that's for sure. And so one of the things that's interesting, and you remember this uh, several years ago, four years ago, three and a half years ago, when um, Aaron Langhofer was killed at First Fridays. Yes. And uh, A member uh, of your congregation. Right, right. Her dad's one of our pastors. She was grew up in the church. And, uh, and Marcy and Tom are amazing people. But, you know, this terrible thing happens. Very similar set of circumstances. You got, at, at least as it appears, there were four people who were fighting. They pulled out guns. You know, there was, and and so you go back to to uh, Aaron's death and <clears throat> two kids who were fighting, it seems like, and, and one pulled out a gun and shoots. And so several, I guess a year or two later, I was at the hearing, you know, where this young person was being sentenced. And you walk, watched him walk in and, you know, we picture evil, but here's just a kid in an oversized suit who's, Grandma's crying because he's going to jail, you know, and he just, again, part of what we have to ask is what's the root cause underneath all the stuff that leads sure. kids to think they can carry guns with them and and that they when they get hot, their instant reaction is to pull out a gun and shoot. So I'm, I'm going to ask you, how do you help people understand that who normally are not part of the system to see that? Because Scott and I have covered court cases for decades yeah. where we are face to face with people who have done unspeakable, unthinkable things. Lisa Montgomery was one of them. And I remember staring at her hands and thinking, how did those hands yeah. do that to that mother and that baby? We have seen that. And yep. so you kind of understand that, oh, my gosh, there's the human being that did that. Most right. people don't get a chance to see the human being. You just see the images of what has happened and you see the mugshot. Yep. It's harder to compartmentalize that. I think that's exactly right. And sometimes, so you had Mindy Corporan on earlier. Yes. And so I was also there at the, at the hearing uh, when this person who did this terrible act. And you looked at him and you saw... You just saw somebody who was so distorted and twisted Hate. by evil over a long period of time, and he'd played these tapes over and over again. You know, so it takes something to distort somebody's soul. And uh, and I, I'm saying these young people down there, I don't think that's where they're at. I think that they've, you know, I we're at right to be angry and seek justice. But at the same time, they're not yet at the place where they've spent a whole life hating. The man in Mindy Corporan's case had spent a, you would I just sat there and I looked at him and I'm like, he was hate personified. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But mm -hmm. then you go back, and I saw as I was preparing the funeral for their, you know, for her son and father's uh, service, you know, I went back to try to figure out who is this guy. And you go back and you start listening, whatever the tapes were that he heard from his mom or his dad, and the and the community around him, and then the things that he, you know, the stories that he played in his head from the KKK, and all that stuff shapes. So what you put into your head matters because you're a, you know, it, children are like wet cement, but we as adults continue to feed ourselves stuff that either fosters hate or it fosters love. And I love what you said, Scott, about, this is actually part of my sermon this weekend, 
is uh, Paul says in Romans 12, he says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That is how we have to work through our anger and hate and all that is we, we can't let that stay there or else that distorts our souls. Somewhere along the way, it comes down to what am I going to do to overcome hate or violence or senseless violence or whatever? What can I do? And uh, we can. This is what Mindy has done so beautifully. Tom and Marcy have done so beautifully is overcoming evil with good. And I remember, you know, sitting with Mindy and, you know, uh, like there's there's two options. You're going to you're going to foster hate for the rest of your life. Or are you going to figure out how to how do I overcome hate with good? If you're going to borrow my line, I expect full credit on Sunday. All right, <laughs> uh, well, that'd be great. You, you need to talk to the Apostle Paul, though. I think he borrowed it before you. Right. <laughs> Very, well done, well done, Patty and Baser. Hello, Patty. Hi. Um, I work at an urban hospital, and so I personally have gone through active shooter training. But my gratefulness is for the teachers and the administrators and the people who have the patience to teach our children what to do, because I've heard several stories of how it was the children who added the calm to the hiding. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Patty. And and Pastor, I'd like you to um, talk about that. We have heard even um, the adults that were on the stage say it was a nine-year-old who turned to run because they are used to these yeah, the drills and and that is a shattering reality that that these yeah. kids have grown up with. Well, it is tragic that our children. You were talking about this earlier, but it's tragic that our children are learning these things. That they have to learn these things when they're little. But it is true they know probably better than grown-ups who didn't grow up having to learn this. What do you do now? What's the next step? Some of us have had training. You guys have had probably the training here, but at our church we do the training every so often with our employees. But most people haven't had that. The children know. Let's grab one more real quick before we go to the bottom of the hour. Uh, James in Kansas City. Hello, James. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Of course. Anytime. Uh, so this feels a little surreal. I've been listening to the show since I was a kid, like 11 or 12. I'm going to be 24 next month. And when I was a kid, my parents and I used to go to Pastor Hamilton's Satellite Church in Blue Springs. Um, right. And uh, while I'm no longer a Christian, I am still religious in that I'm Buddhist. Um, and I'm not here to, like, proselytize or anything, um, but there's a teaching that uh, Pastor Hamilton reminded me of that I'm really grateful for, which is on interdependence. Effectively, that uh, nothing comes into being by itself, and nothing continues to be by itself. Uh, and the way that I like to apply that in my life is maybe comparable to, like, the Christian idea of grace, mm -hmm. in that I like to look at all of the things that I didn't do anything for, but that are there nonetheless. So, like, when I woke up this morning... I didn't develop the app on my phone that woke me up. I didn't make my phone. When I drove to work, I didn't build my car. I didn't build or maintain the roads that I used to get to work, and I didn't do that for the building I worked in. But because of the effort of countless other people whose names and faces I may never know, I was able to get up and go to work today. I and think when I look at that, I can't brilliant. help but feel entirely supported. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's a really great idea. That is what grace is like. It's like everything is a gift, and so you give thanks for that, or at least all the good things are gifts, and you give thanks for that, and you realize how—I like your interdependent idea. And again, a lot of connections there between Buddhism and Christianity, I think, but that's good. Telephone number here is 913-586-7798. We continue with Gratitude Friday with Pastor Adam Hamilton with the Church of the Resurrection when we continue on Dana and Parks.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Oh, so many of you have questions. We're going to try to provide some answers. Uh, I don't know how you see yourself, Pastor, but I think you are widely um, thought of as the kind of comforter-in-chief of our town when things like this happen. And I've said this to you before, and it is the highest compliment, I hope you know that, that you're one of a handful of people that make me think and think about religion in a good way, that it can be a good thing instead of the bad that we've seen come from it. And I have always been so appreciative that you have done that for me, and you do it for so many others so beautifully. Well, thank you, Dana. That means a lot to me. And I will just tell you, I told you guys this during the break, but what you've been doing this week, okay, don't call it pastoral care if you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want me being your pastor. But you (laughs) you don't. You have been caring for people and allowing them to talk and vent and share their feelings, and I think it's awesome. You're really doing care for our community. So. I'm proud to be on your program today, but I really am grateful for you. Well, you are welcome here anytime. Uh, people want to know what can we do now. I mean, you can give blood, you can give money. Uh, I think the churches are coming together to form a crisis fund for mental health services. I think that's so important. Yeah, I think so too. Jimmy Dodd is a guy here in Kansas City who kind of works with a number of different churches, and he reached out and said that they're setting up a fund, so we're going to be taking an offering at Resurrection this weekend, going to this fund that's going to provide counseling for uh, the victims, for all the folks who are involved, the 22 who are in the shootings. It was going to help with uh, with uh, funeral expenses, but Taylor Swift is taking care of that, so right. we're not going to worry about that. How generous but, of her, by the yeah. way. Uh, it's really awesome, really remarkable. And uh, and then looking at other people who were affected by this, and then this isn't the last crisis. It wasn't even the last crisis last week. There were two more kids who were killed the next day in Ruskin. I mean, it's it's unfortunately a part of our community, and so they're just setting up a fund saying, hey, when people can't afford to get counseling, let's or you know whatever else their needs are in that moment, yeah. this fund's going to be there for that until it runs out. And so this weekend, Resurrection will be taking an offering for that. I know there's probably 30 or 40 other churches yeah. doing the same. And then please let us know where people can access that, because there are going to be people who need counseling that don't even maybe know it yet, yep. or maybe you've never mm-hmm. been to see a therapist, yep. and this is the time that you can really see how helpful that is. Yep. And I don't have that information now, but I will by next as week. As soon as so, you do, we'll yeah. let our listeners know. Yep. We're doing Gratitude Friday with Pastor Adam. Adam Hamilton with the Church of the Resurrection. Josh in Kansas City. Josh, hello. Welcome. Hey, guys. Thank you. You bet. Anytime. I wanted to uh, just give some props to the people that were working the pickup and drop-offs during the parade and the bus drivers. Um, you know, it's a lot of people trying to get to and from there, and it was, it was very efficient. They were fast. They were polite. And it, I thought it worked really well. And sometimes they 
get forgot how many people are working those places. And I kind of wanted to give a shout out to the fans that were leaving that didn't exactly know what was going on at the time. But, you know, everybody's phones started going off all at once. You started hearing rumors. And at the pickup point that I was at, everybody was really polite. Nobody was panicking. You know, hey, here's a line that's open. This bus has this many seats. It was it was just nice seeing everybody being polite to each other, working with each other. It just it worked really well. I just thought they deserved some recognition for their good job. Josh, thank you for giving it to them. We appreciate it. That was a good word. Uh, Chris in Overland Park, welcome to Gratitude Friday. Hello. Hey, Scott and Dana, how you doing? We're doing well. Thank you for asking. You know, that's kind of funny the guy was mentioning the bus driver because that's what my gratitude was. And it wasn't actually this time, but I was in uh, 9-11. And uh, that happened on a Tuesday, so I had to go back to work on a Monday. So I get to the uh, train station, but there is no train. My office is now moved uptown instead of downtown. And we're all worried about what's going to happen next. Everybody's asking what's next, right? And, uh, what is it, you know, something going to happen in this tunnel? Is something going to happen here? But the bus driver started singing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that calmness that he brought over everybody. And then the community started coming together again. And that will happen here, too. So I just kind of wanted to share that. Thank you, Chris. Chris, that's so powerful, and uh, we're glad to have you on board. Glad to have you on board. Call that's in any time. Tim in Parkville, you are next on Gratitude Friday. Hello, Tim. Good evening. Thank Hi. you so much for taking my call, and thank you for all that uh, you all do in, in getting the word out of how people can get help. I'm the coordinator of the Kansas City, um, Missouri Trauma Recovery Network, and I'm so thankful for the nearly 100 mental health therapists mm. who are willing to offer pro bono services for people impacted by this um, this uh, event. Wow. Uh, we offer six to 10 pro bono therapy services, and we have nearly 100 at this point, and we're adding more by the hour. That's awesome. Um, we would love to uh, provide more information. I sent a text over, uh, but we just need people to come and take advantage of these services. A trauma recovery network is nationwide. We are the local uh, group, and I just want to say thank you to these people. It's a big sacrifice. Ten to six to ten pro bono sessions uh, is quite a sacrifice by these uh, mental health therapists, and I'm just so grateful. Tim, that's and incredible. Again, thank you all for wait, wait, wait don't for hang everything up. That you did. Don't hang up. I'm going to put you on hold here in just a second, and I want Sam to get your email because we'll never see the text come in. But I have a question first. What would your um, advice be for someone who was down there? Um, has obviously anxiety, stress over this, is worried about their children over this, but maybe they've never been to therapy before. And I'm specifically talking to like the 65-year-old man out there who's going to go, I don't need therapy. Uh, You say what to that listener? That is a great question, Dana. Thank you so much. I would say give it a try. Uh, These are our professionals who are excellent at what they do, and they tailor, we tailor our services to uh, 65 year old male, to children, uh, to families, if that is what is needed. Uh, We use uh, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing um, early uh, protocols, recent event protocols. So we're we're tackling, we're going right after the trauma that people have experienced in this uh, situation. And so give it a try, even just six to 10. It won't cost you anything besides the gas to get to the appointment. If you want to meet uh, through telehealth, that's also an option. 
so give it a shot. Give it a try. You will not be disappointed uh, because trauma has a, li- a long-term impact if not headed off early. And this is what we're trying to do is to head off that impact early so that things like post-traumatic stress disorder um, don't uh, become the outcome. Tim, thank you. Thank you so much. Stay on hold. Don't hang up. And we're going to have <clears throat> Sam get your information. I love that he brought that up, Pastor, for a couple of reasons. We've had people call in and describe the trauma they witnessed in very monotone, matter-of-fact, kind of in a daze. Um, that's probably normal. That's your body probably protecting your brain from what it was that you saw. Yeah. But sometimes it takes a couple of days for that stuff to manifest. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I love the fact that they're providing that counseling. Oh. That is awesome. As soon as we can yeah. figure out where to tell people to go, we'll do it. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Uh, Jacob in Platte City. Hey, Jacob. Hey, Scott. Hey, man. So while I'm not very good at being a soft-hearted individual, I'll give it a whirl. My gratitude, well, ultimately would have to go out to Jason Ketz for fostering a friendship between a group of people that has been growing very strong every day. And I'm really grateful to call Mike from Topeka, John Grayson, Jason Ketz, and Ashley, all my friend, (laughs) and being able to talk to them daily. Hmm. And that's a friendship that... Jason started. All from the Dana and Parks family. That means a lot, Jacob. That's really, really sweet. I, that's lovely. Thank you. Do appreciate it, man. Thank you for it. 913-586-7798. Uh, when we get back, what can we do to address the violence? Uh, that is a big, broad, sweeping mm. question. Uh, we were talking about this off the air, Pastor. I've always said this. I don't believe one mayor or one police chief or one pastor or city leader yeah. can fix this. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, we'll get to that in just a moment. 913-586-7798. Pastor Adam Hamilton with the Church of the Resurrection in Leewood. By the way, to the person who says, where is his church? It's on 135th Street in Leewood. What's the cross street? Is it Knoll? Rowan Knoll. Ro- 137th. 137th, I beg yeah. your pardon. But we've got five other locations in Kansas it's City. So big, the, it looks follow like- the spaceship in the sky. It's beautiful. <laughs> and there's it, locations all over. It's yeah. so big, it looks like it's on 135th Street <laughs> when it's really on 137th. 913-586-7798 here on Dana and Parks. Hey, don't forget to check out the Dana and Parks podcast. Each hour goes up as soon as it's finished. So if you missed one, you can always go back and check it out. You can find the Dana and Parks podcast anytime you want, anywhere you go. Just go to kmbz.com. So people want to know, um, even as we just learned today, that uh, the justice process is beginning. We think that these are young people that were uh, involved in this tragedy that has fallen on our city and People have questions. How how do we stop or address this violence? Right. And it's uh, it's not easy to find. There's no silver bullet. That's a terrible example right here. But there's no uh, an analogy. But there's several things I've thought about. First of all, I appreciated Mayor uh, Mayor Q, uh, Mary Lucas, yeah. uh, some years ago talking about when, when uh, uh, Aaron had died, talking about the fact that, you know, he was a black kid who grew up in poverty. And, and what kept him from actually engaging in that, like some of his friends did, was a parent who loved him and other people, teachers and other people who poured into him. And so this idea of pouring into kids, low-income kids in the, in, the, in the urban core, which is one of the things Resurrection tries to do, a lot of other, others are trying to do the same thing, but pouring into kids, building relationships, mentoring, 
low-income kids, making sure they stay in school if, if in any way possible. So that's one thing we know works. Um, having a strong either mother or father, somebody who's going to pour love into them is really key. But I was also thinking about we have got to figure out how to ta- train or teach younger kids how do we de-escalate conflict? I don't know if you guys have ever been in a place where there's somebody does something that just really hacks you off, you're yeah. driving or whatever else. But if you don't have the tools to be able to de-escalate, then you can just imagine these these four people who are in this conversation. One says something, the other one says something back. They Somebody pushes, and then all of a sudden, they pull out their guns. you got to figure out how to de-escalate. And, and I, I don't know the answer to that. I just know we need to train people in that skill, especially when they're little, when they're growing up. And the last piece of that is I think we need to help young people understand the consequences. I think about this kid that I watched taken off to prison, you know, who killed Aaron. And I'm like, I, I would love for somebody to c- come up with a campaign where they're talking to these kids in prison who were 16, 17, 18, 15 years old saying, I did this thing and for, you can't I, take to, it back. I can't take it back. I have to live with the fact that somebody died because of me and I've lost this many years of my life. And I just keep thinking if, if a kid could see that when they're young, when they're the right age, they get love, they have teachers pouring into them, they got people pouring into them, they learn about de-escalation skills and they go, if I actually use this gun, because the chances of hitting somebody, even from eight feet, if you're, shoot, if you're pulling out a, a gun and you're not trained and you're nervous or not anxious, good. you're not going to hit the person, you're going to hit somebody else. How do we help? I mean, this is not the one answer. It's just like, it seems like all of these things are a piece of how do we help kids be loved, feel loved, how do we help pour into them? And then how do we help them understand what do you do when you're so mad? And if you've had a bad, tough childhood grown up, right. you blow off the, you get mad, you you say or do things that... And I don't know if this is an intrinsically Kansas City problem, but it feels like we have more than our share here. And the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department looked into this in the last couple of years. They looked at the homicides and argument, escalation, and con- like just complete no lack conflict of conflict resolution, resolution yeah, that's right. yep. that's right. was an overwhelming majority of right. those cases. Right. There were a couple of sad domestic violence cases, a couple of outliers here and there. Yep. The overwhelming majority was they don't know how to solve conflict without a gun. Exactly. We got to focus on that in, in schools and preschools all the way up through high school. Let's go to the phones. Uh, 913-586-7798. Jennifer in Kansas City. Jennifer, hello. Hi, um, the pastor kind of just said what I was going to say. Um, I watched that video of that kid being tackled by those guys a hundred times. And to myself, I said, hey, throw the book at that person. And then my daughter sent me a close-up picture of him and forgot he has braces, for God's sake. And it just hit me a whole different level. I mean, I'm getting emotional now thinking about it. That is a kid who is surviving the only way he has been taught to survive. And I, I just feel like, even myself, I feel like I can throw money at something, call myself good, and keep it moving. We need to do what we don't want to do. We need to donate our time. We need to give our time to big brothers and big sisters or underdeveloped community, whatever it is. These kids need love. They need guidance from somebody who actually cares. He was doing what he was raised to do. Jennifer, thank yeah. you for the call. Yeah, That's but, a good uh, word. I, I just want to say one thing very quickly, if I may. That does not absolve him it does of, not. of no. any responsibility it if, does not. If, if he is truly uh, responsible. Dom in Topeka, you get the last word. Hello, Dom. Yeah. Uh, first off, guys, I'm a longtime caller. I love you guys, and I am so grateful for everything you guys have done this week. Um, and the pastor just touched on something I was going to say about de-escalation. You know how I de-escalate a situation like that? is I usually just walk away. 
because a long time ago, a friend of mine got out of a car at a bar during a bar fight to help his friend and got hit in the back of the head with a baseball bat, which changed his life forever. And that changed my life forever because from then on in, I realized I don't have to be a tough guy. I can walk away. And if you want to think I'm a chicken, then go ahead and think I'm a chicken. But I have two people at home who are counting on me coming home safely from wherever I may be. And that's my mother and my brother because they love me very much and count on my safety. Dom, we got to run. We are up against the break. we got a tight newscast coming up here in just a second. Uh, Pastor Adam Hamilton, thank you for your time and your expertise today. Thanks for letting me come on. I really enjoy you guys so much. we got to run. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back uh, Monday at 2 o'clock. Be safe, be well, and be good. Thanks for listening to the Dana and Parks podcast. Remember, you can catch us online anytime at kmbz.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.